Amen. Thank you, Brother Danny. Appreciate that. Amen. Let me just throw a little plug in right here. If you don't attend Sunday school, you ought to attend Sunday school because he's a better teacher than he is a singer. And I mean, he's a good singer, but uh, I'll tell you what, it, I do challenge you, if you don't attend Sunday school, the Lord has blessed Marlbrook Baptist Church with, I believe, some of the best adult Sunday school teachers and children's Sunday school teachers. I'm just inviting the adults right now because if adults come, y'all bring your kids, right? But the Lord has blessed us with some tremendous Sunday school teachers. We have Brother Danny teaches a fellowship class, which I attend. Uh, then we have Brother Jeremy and Brother Greg that teach the young adult class. We have Brother Randy, Brother Ted that teach the senior class and then we have Brother C and he just fills in for everybody. And I'm telling you what if you come to Sunday school, I know that you will be blessed. We live in a world that is constantly pumping all kinds of ultimately discouraging information into us. Uh, we listen to the radio, we watch the television, you look on social media, wherever you go to find what's going on in the world, and the world is ultimately pumping you full of discouraging information. And really, we take in over the course of a week, uh, if we're not careful, we're not self-disciplined, we'll take in hours and hours and hours of this information and then we come to church for one hour and think that that's going to offset it. Well, let me just give you a little piece of wisdom here. It's not going to help much, all right? So we need to get all the Bible we can get. Just take and look, just take a look at yourself this week and take a note of how much of the world's information you take in and then purpose in your heart that you're going to make sure you take in more of the Lord's information then you do the world's information and you can do that through attending church. You can do that through reading His Word. You can do that from reading some good Bible literature. So I'm going to make sure that over the course of a week I take in more of what God has to say than I do what the world has to say. And I guarantee you will find out that you will have a much more happier spirit after a couple of weeks of making sure you're taking in more of what God has to say. You see, the world, all the world tells you about is everything that's going wrong. Now, God doesn't deny that there are things going wrong. He's very honest about it and definitely tells us that there are things going wrong, but He tells us what He's going to do about it, and He tells us how He's going to take care of it, and He tells us how He's going to bless it while it's going on. And so when we get into His Word, we will find that we can have joy in the midst of tribulation. A lot of times whenever I get around Christians, I get this little suspicion that they're not spending much time with God because they look like they've been feeding on the world. You know what? Whenever you, you uh, get eating them pies and them cookies and them pumpkin rolls and all that stuff that we're going to be eating this week, and I'm not preaching against that. I'm just saying you're going to be getting into all that stuff and it's good, and it's delicious, and you're going to put your diet on hold, and you're just going to indulge. There's going to be one night this week when you're going to be sitting on the couch or in the recliner or laying in bed, and you're going to say to yourself or whoever's near you, I don't feel good. I eat too much. You're going to do it. 
I know you're going to do it. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong or sinful about that, but a lot of times Christians come to church and the expression on their face says, I don't eat too much of what the world has been feeding me. You know what? We need to get into God's Word, some good, wholesome Word of God. I don't know where that came from. That wasn't in my thoughts, my notes, or anywhere. That's just extra this morning. Amen. We're going to be in Titus chapter number 2 this morning is where we're going to be starting the message. Titus chapter number 2. I want to be looking at this thought, the blessed hope. Now, I will let you know that I don't have a presentation this morning. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, been spending some time helping my mom get things finished up with dad's passing and just was running ragged. I was a couple weeks behind this week, so I've been running wide open all week and then had to go help mom this weekend. And I said, you know what? We're just not going to worry about a presentation. So y'all have to listen the old-fashioned way this morning, all right? Y'all just have to keep up with me old-fashioned way uh, because we don't have a presentation on the screen this morning. But we're going to be talking about uh, the blessed hope. We're going to be talking this morning about what I believe is the source of a Christian's ability to be thankful. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 18, in everything give thanks. Now we all know that verse. We've all heard that verse. Possibly many of us have quoted that verse. But I will imagine that many of us, if not all of us, at some point or other, whether we admit it or not, have wondered how is that possible. Now we quote the verse. We know the verse. We're familiar with the verse. But how are we supposed to give thanks in every situation, in every circumstance, no matter what's going on? How is this supposed to work? How are we supposed to always be thankful? How can we be thankful? What is there that can motivate us to be thankful during times of loss? What is there that can motivate us to be thankful during times of grief? during times of failure, during times of sadness. What is it that can motivate us or enable us to be thankful during these type of times? But you and I have also probably all met a person who seemed to have a grip on how this works. You've met that person who it doesn't matter what's going on in their life, it doesn't matter what trial they're facing, it doesn't matter what hardship they're going through, they are always thankful. They are always praising the Lord. Matter of fact, many times you don't even know that there's trouble and that there's hardship and that there's difficulty because they are so focused on thanking the Lord they never talk about what's going on. And you have wondered in your mind, how do they do that? I mean, I know the Bible says to, but how do they do that? How is it possible? How do they look beyond their present situation and find a way to lift their hands in praise regardless of the circumstance? I believe that the ability to be thankful in all things and at all times is available to all Christians. And I believe the source is found and what the Bible refers to as the blessed hope. Look with me in Titus chapter number 2, starting in verse number 11. The Bible says here in Titus 2 and verse number 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope 
and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity, Lord, that we have to be in your house. And Lord, I mean it this morning. I am thankful, Lord, for your house. I am thankful for your people. I am thankful for your word. Lord, I don't understand how the world and those that don't know you get through life because, Father, how could we survive without you? And Father, I am thankful, Lord, that you have given us a church and a church family and a place to gather in your word that we can look into. Father, Lord, now as we try to preach this morning, Lord, I pray that you will move in. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come and be a part of this service. I pray, dear Lord, that whatever it is, a Lord, that is on our minds, Lord, whatever the Spirit is, a Lord, that is keeping us from entering into a spirit of worship, Father, I pray that you will remove it. I pray, dear Lord, that you will free our hearts, free our minds, open us, Lord, to your word. And Father, I pray that you will minister to our hearts this morning. I pray, dear Lord, that you will encourage us. I pray, dear Lord, that you will challenge us. And Father, Lord, that we will go away from this service this morning, Lord, saying that we have been helped. Lord, we know that you are able to help us. Lord, we know that you're able to cheer us. We know that you're able to encourage us. And Father, I pray, Lord, that we will open our hearts and our minds to be receptive to the promises of your word. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Bless us in the service this morning, blessing the children's service downstairs. Father, I pray in all that's done, Lord, that you will be glorified. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Here in Titus chapter number 2, we read that uh, Paul is talking to Timothy, and Paul is talking to Timothy about the Christian life. And in verse number 13, uh, he says, looking for uh, that blessed hope. Uh, what is this hope uh, that Paul is talking to Titus about? Uh, we find that this hope is mentioned uh, all throughout the Word of God. This is not something... Uh, uh, that we just talk about that's not really there, but it's all throughout the Word of God. In Colossians 1, verse number 27, the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Romans 5, 5 says, hope that maketh not ashamed. Romans 12, 12 says that as Christians we are rejoicing in hope. Romans 15, verse 13 says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy. In Hebrews 6, and verse number 11, it says that as Christians we have the full assurance of hope. In Hebrews 6 and verse number 19, the Bible says which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. In 1 Peter 1 and verse number 3, it says that he hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. In 1 John 3 and verse number 3, the Bible says that every man that hath this hope purifieth himself. And we could go on and on and on. The Bible is full of the word hope. The Bible is full of letting you and I know that as Christians there is a hope. There is something that we are living for. The word of God is full of promises about this hope. There is no doubt that joy can be found through this hope. But what is this hope that gives the Christian the ability to live I believe once we grasp this hope, 
It gives us the ability to live in a state of perpetual praise and thanksgiving. I believe that this hope is the secret to living a life of praise and thanksgiving. What is this hope that is throughout the Word of God? What is it that the Lord is talking about here? Turn with me to John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. And here in John chapter number 14, we'll be looking at a large part of this chapter this morning. Here in John chapter number 14, I believe we find a description of this hope that is spoken of throughout the Word of God. Now we're very familiar with the first three verses which I'm going to read. Not as familiar with the rest of the chapter, but we'll be referring to it as we go through the message. Read with me John 14 verses 1 through 3. It starts with these words, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Here in these three verses and in the remainder of chapter number 14, we find a description of the hope that is being spoken of throughout the Word of God. I believe that we have here the secret of a Christian's ability to be perpetually thankful. I'll go ahead and spill the beans for you. I believe whenever you meet that person who is thankful regardless of their situation and their circumstance, it is because their focus is not on this world, but their their focus is on their eternal home and it doesn't matter what's going on down here. They can give God glory and they can give Him praise because of the hope that they are focused on. You see this passage begins with the words, let not your heart be troubled. You know that hope is the one thing that can calm a troubled soul. Just imagine if you had fallen off a cliff. A lot of folks are out deer hunting now out walking through the woods and maybe you're in an unfamiliar track of timber and you're walking along and you don't notice it but the next thing you realize you have stepped off the edge of a cliff and about halfway down a little scraggly branch is sticking out and you grab a hold of that little scraggly branch and here you are hanging 30 feet above the forest floor hanging onto a scraggly branch out of the side of a cliff. At that moment you are not thankful. You are not thankful. You don't know whose responsibility it was, but somebody should have put a sign up that said, Danger, cliff ahead. And you're fussing about that person. You're not thankful about this branch sticking out of the side of the rock. Although it is saving your life right now, it doesn't look very trustworthy, and you are doubting how much longer it's going to last, and you just know that any moment it's going to turn loose and drop you to the ground, and you are telling that branch that it better not give out on you, it better not turn loose because you don't want to die. You turn and you look at the ground below you, and you are terrified at what you see, an old barbed wire fence running through there, fence post sticking up. You know if you fall, no way you're going to live and you're terrified looking below you. You are a troubled soul. But about that moment you hear a voice and somebody says, hey, hang on. We're coming to get you. And a couple big ropes fall down on both sides of you and you see folks start coming down the side of the cliff. All of a sudden everything changes. 
Actually, no. Actually, nothing changes. You're still hanging onto a scraggly branch on the side of a cliff, but everything changes in your mind. What changes? You have hope. And when you see that hope, all of a sudden you are thankful. You are thankful that when you fell off the side of the cliff, apparently you dropped your toboggan and somebody seen it laying there and they knew you was over the cliff. Apparently that branch was put there by God just for you and you are so thankful God put that branch there. And your whole situation changes. Your whole outlook changes. The soul that was troubled now is filled with hope. Why is he filled with hope? Because he knows that deliverance is on the way. This passage of scripture here in John 14 starts out with these words, let not your heart be troubled. I know that you live in a world that's full of trouble. I know if you look around you like Peter on the sea, you're going to see the winds and the waves. You're going to begin to faint. You're going to begin to sink if you're focused on the world. But let not your heart be troubled. Deliverance is on the way. And that blessed hope enables you to be thankful and praise the Lord regardless of your circumstances. Here in John 14, Jesus is saying, I know you live in a fear-filled world, but I have come to give you hope. I want to take just a few minutes this morning and look at the components of this blessed hope. Here in John 14, I see a few things this morning that I believe give us this blessed hope that ought to enable us to be people of praise and thanksgiving regardless of what is going on around us. First of all, we see here in verses 1 and 2, this blessed hope, what does it consist of? I see that this blessed hope consists of a glorious future. This blessed hope consists of a glorious future. You say, Pastor John, I already know that. Well, show it, okay? This consists of a glorious future. Look at verses 1 and 2. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, John and Esther came in from Florida. They came in yesterday. He's actually preaching at my dad's church this morning. But they came in yesterday. And so we knew that they were going to be coming. They was going to be getting here. They was going to be spending a few days with us. So you know what we spent the day before? for doing, we prepared a place for them. We made sure that there was a room ready, that there was a bed ready, that there was a space for the playpen for Tucker to lay in. We prepared a place. You know why we prepared a place? Because we were expecting their arrival. Whenever I look at John chapter number 14, I want to say that I see a blessed hope. I see a glorious eternity. Where do I see that in? Because he said, I have went to prepare a place for you. In other words, he is expecting my arrival. He is looking forward to me getting there with him. There is a glorious future. I see two things here in this glorious future. First, I see an eternal home. I see a place that will last for all of eternity. Melissa and I was talking about Dad just this morning. We was talking, maybe it was last night, I don't know, it gets blurry on me sometimes, but we was talking about Dad. And she was talking about, wonder, you know what Dad's doing? Is he eating of the tree of life or is he, is he fishing out of the river of life? Is he, you know what, is he walking on the streets of gold? What's Dad doing right now? 
And Melissa said, I'll tell you what he's doing. She said he's worshiping at the feet of Jesus. It'll probably be a couple hundred years before he even thinks to look back down here on earth. And by that time, we'll all be up there with him anyway. I'm telling you what, heaven is so far beyond what our minds can comprehend. It is eternity. Have you ever went, maybe you go to watch a fireworks display. About the most exciting thing we have happen here in the county. So you go to watch yourself a fireworks display. and You get out of the car and you're standing there and boy, they start putting those fireworks off. And you get watching those fireworks. You're like, wow, wow, my goodness, that's cool. Wow. And you're, you're just watching and talking and you look around and you notice that everybody's gone and you're standing there all by yourself. They moved over to another location. But you wasn't paying any attention to the people because you was focused on the fireworks. Now fireworks is a terrible illustration of what heaven's going to be like. But I believe when we get to glory, it's going to so take us over that a couple hundred years ago by before we ever even think about this world down here again. Eternity is so different than anything we've ever experienced, but I see here that there is a promise of a glorious future. The first part of that glorious future is an eternal home, but I like the second part of this thing here. Not only do I see an eternal home, but when I think about that glorious future in John chapter 14 and verse number 3, I see the promise of an imminent return. It says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, catch these words, I will come again. We see the promise of an imminent return. That guy hanging on the side of the cliff, holding on to that scraggly branch, you know what excites him the most? is that he can see them guys repelling right now. He knows that he doesn't have to stay here much longer. Now, I know there's a few things about this world that we enjoy. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. I love Marlbrook Baptist Church. I love these mountains. I mean, there's a lot of things about this world that I do like and I do enjoy. But if we were to put it on a scale, there's so many things about this world that I don't like and I don't enjoy that it tips the scales. And I don't think there's much that one to keep me here. Matter of fact, everything that I love here is going to be there so, you know, I'm not losing anything. But there are a few things about this world that we like, but there's far more that we dislike. And you know what gives us hope? What gives us praise? What gives us thanksgiving is that we know that Jesus could return any moment. There's a lot of things going on in our world right now. We don't have time to get into a whole message on prophecy, but you, you know what's going on in our world. There's a lot of things going on in our world right now. There's a lot of things lining up in our world right now. If you read the Word of God and you understand what the tribulation period is going to look like and you understand that we as the church are not going through the tribulation, we're going to be raptured out before the tribulation gets here, but you understand what is going to take place in the tribulation and you look at what's going on around us, you understand that things are lining up for the tribulation to take place. There's a lot of things getting in order. that The tribulation is going to take place and if I'm leaving out before the tribulation starts and everything's getting lined up for the tribulation. You see, here we are. Here the tribulation is. Things are getting ready. Here's where it's going to start. We right here in the middle. You know what I'm trying to tell you? We leaving out of here 
really, really soon. So whenever you look around at all the trouble, instead of getting downhearted and discouraged and unable to worship the Lord and unable to enjoy the life that God has given you, get focused on the fact that we're not here much longer. He's coming to take us home. He's going to pull us out. He's coming soon. It's a glorious future. And I don't know about you, but I for one am sure looking forward to it. Looking forward to that day when we leave this world behind. How can we have praise and thanksgiving? How can we have a spirit of rejoicing in the world in which we live? Because we're focused on the blessed hope that our Savior is coming to deliver us out of this world. You think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got through into that fiery furnace. Now let me just explain something to you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had faith that God was going to take care of them in the fire. They also had belief that even if he didn't, he knew what he was doing and they was going to be okay with that. That tells me that whenever they pitched them into the furnace, they had no idea what the outcome was going to be. Can you just imagine? I, I love to imagine this stuff, and I'm sure I don't do it justice. Can you just imagine getting thrown into the fiery furnace, bouncing off the floor, looking around at one another? Are you hot? No. Are you? No. What's going on? And they look up, and here comes Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know. That just gives me chills. Here comes Jesus. You know, whenever we see the appearance of God in the Old Testament, that's Jesus. You, you understand that, right? Here comes Jesus walking through the fire towards the three Hebrew children, and he said, hey, fellas. I, I, I don't have words to express what I'm feeling right now. Do you know what? We may feel like we're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire in this world sometime. But don't worry. Here comes Jesus. We have the promise of a glorious future and it can allow us to live a life of praise and thanksgiving regardless of our circumstances. We have the promise of a heavenly home. We have the promise of His imminent return. But there's a second part of this blessed hope that I want to look at this morning and it's the reminder of chapter number 14. And we're not going to look at all that is here but I want to look at this second part of the blessed hope. First, we have the promise of a glorious future but the second part Part, and that which applies to us right now today is not only do we have a glorious future, but in this chapter we find that a part of this blessed hope is we are promised a glad today. We are promised a glorious future, but we are promised a glad today. How is it possible that we can have a glad today? We can be thankful for what is coming, but we can also be thankful for what we have right here today. I have four things that I want to show you this morning from this chapter concerning the blessings of today. As we go through John chapter number 14, look with me in verse 5 down through verse number 6. It says, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by 
me. The first thing that I see here in our glad today, the first thing I see that we can be thankful for, the first thing I see that can give us joy despite our circumstances, the first thing I can see that makes Christians the most thankful people on earth is we see right here that we can have a glad today because we have a promised salvation. We have a promised salvation. And let me just say to you here this morning, if you are here this morning and you have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart. You've never come to a place where you surrendered your all to Him. Let me tell you this morning how you can have a glad today. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we don't know where you're going and how can we know the way? Jesus said, let me explain it to you. Let me break it down really simple. Let me help you understand how you can be born again, how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. He said, I am the way. There is no other way of salvation except through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way to secure heaven except through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be sure that when you die, you're going to be in the presence of the Lord than through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no way to know that you're going to see your deceased loved ones than through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way of salvation except through the Lord Jesus Christ. People say, well, what about all the good that I've done? You know, if you took and ran up a really expensive credit card debt, really expensive, tens of thousands of dollars, and then you went to Brother Lewis's house and cut a load of firewood and gave it to Brother Lewis and Miss Jane. And then you went to the courthouse and the judge says, we need to talk to you about this debt that you've run up, that you've not tried to pay. And you say, oh, but judge, I did try to pay it. I cut Brother Lewis a load of firewood. The judge is going to say to you, that load of firewood has no bearing on the credit card debt. In other words, our good has no bearing on the bad that we have done. The sin must be paid for. You can't get your way to heaven with the good that you've done. You can do all the good that you want, but until there has been a death, the sin has not been paid for. And Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to, but you cannot cash in on what He's done for you until you put your faith and belief and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ because He is the only way of salvation. Salvation. If you're trying to get through this life without putting your belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're trying to get through this life without repenting of your sin and giving your heart to God, let me tell you, you're wasting your time and you're not going to enjoy life until you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in First Note, First John, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. What does that mean? That means if you got Jesus on the inside, you are living life. You are loving life. You are enjoying life. But if you have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are simply existing. You are not living. You are not enjoying the world that God has created for you. You are doing nothing but existing in a sin-cursed world. You want to have life. You want to enjoy life. You want to know life to the fullness. He that hath the Son hath life. There's a lot of people 
who are hoping to reap the benefits of salvation who have never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people who come to church regularly who have never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people who are hoping that at judgment day that Jesus will look at the fact that they went to church and give them a pass. They're hoping that Jesus will look at the fact that they were good to their mom and dad or that they were kind or that they were upstanding citizens. They're hoping that Jesus will notice that. But let me tell you, Jesus made it clear in John chapter number 14, I am the way. There is no other way of salvation but by me. We can be thankful for the promised salvation. There's three things I want to show you about this promised salvation. First of all, we see that Jesus, as we've just looked at, is the source of our salvation. I am the way. But not only is He the source of our salvation, but He is the surety of our salvation. You say, Pastor John, how do I... How do I know that this is the way to be saved? How can I be sure that this is going to work? He said, I am the way and the truth. I'm not going to lie to you about it. I'm not going to mislead you. I'm not giving no false advertisement. I am the way and I am the truth. I am the source of your salvation and I am the surety that if you put your trust in me, you will never ever go astray. But not only is he the source, not only is he the surety, but we see here in this verse that he is the satisfaction of our salvation. He said, I am the way and only through me. I am the truth. I guarantee guarantee it'll work and I am the life. You accept me and you will live a life like you've never been able to live before because I am the way of salvation. We can be thankful this morning for the promised salvation. We may live in a world full of trouble, but I can have a glad today because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I have no question. I know in my heart that I have been born again. I am saved, sealed, sanctified, and secured. And if I die of a heart attack on the platform before I'm done preaching, you can meet me in glory land. I'm not worried about it. There are things on this earth that worry me. There are things about this world that stress me. But one thing I don't worry about, one thing I'm not stressed about, one thing I don't lose sleep about is I know without a shadow of a doubt that I have been born again and I am secure through the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what trouble may come my way, I can rejoice in the promised salvation. And I just say to you this morning, if you don't have that hope, oh, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Not only do we have a promised salvation, but we can have a glad today because we've been promised a productive service. We've been promised a productive service. What do you mean? I mean that while I'm living for the Lord on this earth, He has promised that He will bless my efforts. Look here. Look here. In verse 12 down through verse number 14. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, there's a lot of people that say, Pastor, you know, 
I, I just don't know if I could serve in that capacity. I don't know. I don't know if I can tell people about Jesus. I don't know if I can help in that ministry. I don't, I don't know if I have what it takes to do that. Pastor, I just don't know if I'm able to help there. I'm not able to do that. Pastor, I just don't know if I have those capabilities. Let me just, let me just relieve you of your worries. God will bless your efforts. Let, let me just run that by you again. God will bless your efforts. If you give yourself to the service of the Lord, He will bless your efforts. In other words, you don't have to worry if you got what it takes or not. You don't have to worry if you have the skill set or not. You don't have to worry. If you give yourself to God, He will take you and He will do great and mighty things through you. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't educate yourself. I'm not saying you shouldn't seek to understand the Word of God. I'm not saying that you shouldn't seek to develop yourself. Of course you could, but it doesn't matter how much you try to develop yourself, you'll never accomplish what God can accomplish through you. And we are promised that here in this life, regardless of our weaknesses, regardless of our frailties, regardless of our failures, God can take us and do great and mighty things through us. He has promised that we will have a productive service during our time here on earth. I've said it a few times before. I'll say it again. 2020, 2021 have been some unusual years. There's been a lot of things changed in our world. And a lot of us aren't real happy about it. But the fact that you are alive in 2020 and 2021 means that God created you for this time. You remember what Mordecai said to Esther? Perhaps God hath put you there for such a time as this. If you are alive in 2020 and 2021, God created you to do a mighty work for God in 2020 and 2021. We need to quit mully grubbing and fussing and fuming about all that's going on in the world and recognize that God has put us here and that if we give ourselves to Him, we can be productive for God in 2020 and 2021. We can be productive for God in a world that's completely changed if we put our trust in Him because He's promised that we will be productive. We can have a glad today because of a promised salvation. We can have a glad today because we've been promised a productive service. We can be glad today. Boy, I'm telling you what, there's a lot to preach here yet, Brother Danny. I didn't mark enough stuff out. Brother Danny asked me this morning. He said, I don't know how you fit them sermons in 30, 40 minutes. I don't know if I'm going to do it this morning, brother. I'm telling you what, there's some good stuff here. Not only can I have a glad today because of the promised salvation, not only can I have a glad today because of a productive service, but I can have a glad today. Look with me in verse 16. And I will pray the Father. Remember, Jesus is getting ready to leave. He's, he's getting ready to go. Disciples are going to be alone. He said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Why can I be glad today? I can be glad because of promised salvation. I can be glad because of productive service, but I can be glad today because of a present Holy Spirit. Did you catch what it said right there at the end of verse number 17? 
for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I can rejoice today because I have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of me. I can rejoice today because I have a witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I can rejoice today because I have someone on the inside who will instruct me, who will guide me, who will help me. I have the Holy Spirit of God and I can rejoice today. He speaks to me. He ministers to me. I'm telling you what, in the quiet times, He brings scriptures to my mind. In the troublesome times, He comforts me. I'm telling you what, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that can compare to the joy that comes from the witness of the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. I can be glad today because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Two things we see. One, we see that He is an indwelling Holy Spirit. He is an indwelling Holy Spirit. It says there that He, and I will pray the Father, that He shall come, that He shall give you another comforter. Now catch this last phrase. That He may abide with you for. Ever. Now there are some that like to teach that we can lose our salvation. That we can get saved and lost and then saved again and lost again. This verse right here tells me that the Holy Spirit of God moves in and He stays in forever. I'm going to pray another comforter and He will stay with you forever. He's going to move in. You accept me. He is going to move in and He is going to stay there. Now, while he's there, you can grieve him. Yes, you can. The Holy Spirit can speak to your heart. He can direct you. He can send God into your way and you ignore him and you can grieve him. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if you ignore him and turn him off and shut him down enough that you'll quench the Spirit of God. And although he's still on the inside of you, he's still securing you for the day of salvation. He's no longer going to minister to your heart because you've ignored him so long. Let me tell you though, whenever, whenever... The Bible speaks of being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is a result of listening to the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. And whenever you learn to be led by the Spirit, you learn to listen to His ever little nudge, you learn to get honed into Him, you learn to be in tune with Him, and you listen to Him and you are led by Him, I'm telling you what, there is no better life than being led by the Spirit. Now if you're here today and you say, Pastor John, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. I mean, I've heard preachers preach about it, but I have never experienced a Holy Spirit on the inside of me guiding me and instructing me and helping me and teaching me. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. There's a real good chance that you've never been born again. Because when you are born again, the Spirit of God moves in. I can be glad because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. We see the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then drop down to verse number 26. I'm almost done. Don't get fidgety. It's still good stuff. I'll finish up soon. Verse number 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, get this right here, he shall teach you all things. Hallelujah. Have you ever read the Bible and like, man, I don't understand what this is all about. 
Have you ever gotten the Word of God and you're reading the Scriptures and you're like, well, I, don't, I, just, I just can't understand all this. This is too deep. I can't take all this in. I don't understand what this is all about. The Bible tells us that we can rejoice in the presence of the Holy Spirit because not only does He indwell us, but He is our instructor. It says here that He shall teach you all things. You know what a good thing to do is? When you get reading the Word of God and you come across something you can't understand, just simply ask the author what He meant. And a lot of times uh, he will illuminate uh, the Word of God and he will instruct you uh, according to the Word of God and you will be able to understand uh, the Word of God because he said uh, the author uh, is living uh, on the inside of you. You have direct access to him. I don't have to go through life uh, thinking that I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not because I don't understand the Word of God. I don't have to worry about uh, whether I'm living right or wrong because I don't understand the Word of God. I don't have to think about whether the what this choice is sinful or not because I don't understand the Word of God. I don't have to do that. No, no. I can understand the Word of God because the instructor lives on the inside of me. A lot of things that you hear people worrying about and stressing about and being confused about is simply because they have not asked the instructor what the Word of God says. We can avoid a lot of the stress and the hardship and the confusion of life. And we can have a glad today because of the Holy Ghost. And then let me just give you this last point, and I'll, I'll be finished. Verse number 27. We can be glad because of a promised salvation. We can be glad because of a productive service. We can be glad because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. But in verse number 27, we can be glad because He promises a peace that passeth all understanding. In verse number 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. You might notice these next words. You might recognize these. Let not your heart be troubled. John chapter number 14 started with these words. Let not your heart be troubled. And then he told us about heaven. Then he told us about salvation. Then he told us about his blessings on our life. Then he told us about the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then he told us about a peace that this world cannot understand. And then he finished up by saying, Let not your heart be troubled. And then he added a little tidbit on the end there. He said, Neither let it be afraid. I want to say to you that why can a Christian live a life of thanksgiving? How is it that we can go through life regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situations, regardless of the hardships, giving praise and glory to God Almighty. It is because we have a blessed hope. The Bible tells us that as Christians, we are to be the light of the world. Well, many times we preach about that. We preached about it a couple weeks ago. But what is it that makes the light shine? If you take a light bulb down, the old school kind, not these new LED kind, you take the light bulb down and they got the two prongs come up and then there's a filament goes between there and that filament just glows you know and that's what makes the light shine so what is it uh, about a Christian that makes the light shine it's the thing that uh, in the midst of a troubled world uh, in the midst of hardships uh, in the midst of difficulties Christians don't go around down in the dumps that's what makes the light shine it's that simple you say oh I thought making the light shine was Handing out gospel tracts. Well, that's part of it. But what makes you stand out 
is that you're not affected by the circumstances of this world. And the world says there's something different about that group of people. You know what? Christ, or, or lost people have got plenty of groups of lost people where they can sit around and talk about their troubles. And if we're all down gloomy and in despair and we invite them to come to our church, they don't want to come to another group of people that's going to sit around and talk about hard times. No, they're looking for hope. And you know what we have? We have the blessed hope. They're looking for hope, uh, something different, uh, something, that'll, something that, that they can look forward to, something they can look up to. They're looking for a promise. They're looking for an expectation. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for another group of depressed, sad, given up people. No, they're looking for a hope, and we've got that hope, and we can let it shine by living a life of praise and thanksgiving regardless of what is going on around. This morning I ask you, do you have peace? Do you have peace? Do you have hope of an eternal home? Are you filled with a hope that results in a spirit of perpetual praise and thanksgiving? The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 12 that those that are without Christ have no hope. But the Bible also tells us that we are not of those that have no hope. This morning, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are without hope. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be gloom and doom. I'm just being truthful. If you have never put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have no hope. The only thing you can look forward to out of this world is an eternity of hellfire and brimstone and judgment in a lake of fire. You have no hope if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Your future is bleak. Your outlook is depressing. If you don't have Christ, you're going to have trouble finding a reason to be thankful. But Christians, many times we live like we don't have any hope either. Christians, we got a reason to be thankful. We have the blessed hope. Christians, we've got everything to look forward to. Honest. This is the worst it's going to get. This is the worst it's going to get. It only gets better from here. And this is just a, just a short, short time compared to eternity. We have got everything to look forward to. I'm not saying this life don't get stressful. Oh, my goodness, sometimes it does. I was talking to Melissa. I was talking to her Friday just running behind on everything, couldn't catch up, knew I had to go yesterday and spend all day with my mom and knew it was going to be a difficult day, knew I needed to preach Sunday. And I told her Friday night, I said, I don't know how I'm going to do it all. I just sometimes don't know how I'm going to do it all. I just, I, there's too much. I, I don't know how I'm going to preach. I don't, I'm not going to, it's, and I was, I was stressed. Yeah, this life will stress you out. But you know what? I come to the Lord's house this morning 
And I got to thinking about heaven. Matter of fact, on my way to mom and dad's Saturday morning, I listened to preaching all the way there. On the way back, I listened to preaching all the way back home. Let me just throw this out there to you. Okay, I'm trying to quit. I promise. I done kept y'all way too long. It's Thanksgiving week. Y'all get the rest of the week off. Let me just throw this out there to you. Make sure you take in some preaching. Let me, let me just throw that out there to you. Make sure you take in some preaching. If you've got opportunity, drink in the Word of God. You'll be amazed how to help you. Two and a half hours to mom's house, I listened to preaching all the way there. Two and a half hours back home, I listened to preaching all the way back home. I took in more preaching yesterday than most of y'all take in in a month. Sorry, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm telling you what, though, it ministered to my spirit. I'm telling you what, I got home last night. I was tired. I was dog tired last night. I was war slam out, but I was rejoicing in my spirit. I was looking forward to this morning. I got here in the Lord's house and we started singing about I am blessed and God is good all the time. I'm telling you what, listen, Brother Danny teaching about reasons to be thankful. I'm telling you what, God ministered to my soul. I don't have to go through life giving up, despair, and distress. No, I can go through life because I've got everything to look forward to. Christians, let's live like we got some hope. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Miss Debbie's going to come play on the piano. As she plays this morning, if you're here and you're lost, you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me invite you. Come to this altar. And let somebody take the Word of God and show you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Get a hold of that blessed hope. If you're here this morning you're a Christian and you've been taking in a lot of the world and not much of Jesus and you've been living depressed and discouraged and defeated, let me invite you to come to this altar and ask God to revive that blessed hope in your heart that you can go out of here being a light that the world cannot help but see. Miss Debbie, you play. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you come.
Let's sing the first verse of that. Go ahead. house this morning. Do your best to come this evening. We'll be taking part in communion this evening, remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. You know how we're able to have that promised salvation? Because there was a Savior who came. He was died, he was buried, and he rose again. Do your best to come this evening and take a few moments to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. Brother Randy, I'm going to ask you if you would pray and dismiss us from the service. Father, we thank you for the truth that we have heard from your word today. Father, we pray that you would just let it sink deep into our hearts and our lives. Lord, help us, Lord, that we may look to you with the offering to finish over our faith. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you've done. Father, we pray for those that may be in our service today that are lost. Lord, we pray that they would just look to you for salvation. Lord, we just pray that you would just continue to be with us. Be with us through this Thanksgiving week. Lord, we may be thankful, realizing that we have that hope. We have peace. And Father, for that, we're so grateful. And Father, we pray that you would just be with us as we leave here today. Give us traveling mercies. Bring us back to the next appointed time. In your name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Amen.